Welcome, everybody, to episode 85 of Dork Tunes. Um, closing in that 100 now. So um, it's been a few weeks since we've been on the air, um, in your ears and in your in your eyes. So uh, we've got a great um, guest with, with us this week. So I'd like them to, to, to introduce themselves. Hey, I'm Alexa Lazochek, um, composer, been around in the industry for, I guess, since 2006, uh, when I was brought onto Blue Castle and, uh, yeah, worked on games like Horizon Forbidden West, um, the whole Dead Rising series, worked in film and TV and games, and also in the concert uh, world as well, doing commissions for choirs and orchestras and stuff like that. And, Apologies, yeah, I disappeared off the screen there, I, I dropped my phone, so. <laughs> yeah so happy to talk to you today fabulous thank you for uh being on the show um yeah it's really quite interesting what i normally do is speak to people um composers about kind of where you began kind of what you wanted to do how you got to where you are now that, that kind of thing so like yeah. i know because a lot of composers are very everybody's different you know um some have gone the kind of traditional route where they've gone to university studied music and it's kind of spawned from there how did how did it go for you in the beginning um i mean i from a very early age i guess i started uh did classical violin when i was three uh, in suzuki okay. uh, found out later after I got married that my wife and i actually were in the same when we were three years old we were in the same suzuki class we found out later after we got married that uh, her her mom shared like the uh you know, a recital piece and there was my name and there was her name and stuff. So um, <laughs> anyways, I, I did classical violin till about grade six. And then I just, my teachers were frustrated with me because I would start making up music on the spot and not reading the notes on the pages. And I was very interested in production. Um, so I, yeah, kind of during my um, high school years, produced some albums, did some um, work with other artists. Um, loved the studio production work mm -hmm. as well. Um, and then when it came time to make a decision to go to school, I decided to go to film school because I was like, I don't want people to tell me how to write music. I want to just try something new. So I did my bachelor's in film production. Right. And then I went and went, went on and did my master's in film production as well. Right. Um, so um, so I was in Montreal at the time. Uh, uh, we got married. Um, my wife joined me in Montreal. We had our first two kids there. And then eventually... Uh, she wanted to move back out west to uh, and further to Vancouver, and I was working in film and TV at that time, um, mm -hmm. enjoying it, doing some commissioned work for different ensembles in Quebec and choirs and you know different groups around the world. And I had a friend who worked for EA at the time, mm -hmm. who started a, a startup company called Blue Castle. Um, they were they got a contract with 2K Games to do basically the Bigs, uh, which is kind of like an arcade baseball game. And they had no audio department, nobody there at all. <laughs> so long story short, I um, crowbarred it. Well, I went to Vancouver for because the Vancouver Symphony commissioned me for the Olympics to write a kind of a, a piece. A, they called it a Golden Nugget or something. And um, so they were like, "Well, can you come and do an interview for us when you come?" And I was like, "Sure, do it." <laughs> long story short, they offered the job, moved my family out two months later, and. Yeah, so January 2006 is when I started in games. I knew nothing. Like, I played Mario Kart and other stuff growing up, yeah, but I'm yeah. not a hardcore gamer at all. <laughs> and um, long story short, like, I kept writing for film and TV at night mm. and stuff. But basically, during the day, I went into, like, 80, 100-hour work weeks of, like, 
I had to parse into like C++ code. I wasn't doing any music. I was doing only audio design, working with software engineers. So I spent five years doing everything from like speech databases for baseball games and crowd surround sound crowd recordings, like everything mm -hmm. that I, you know, and eventually while I was there, I got to write some music because the president knew that I had a whole music background as well. Mm -hmm. And then Dead Rising, they were hired to basically do the sequel for Dead Rising. And um, in Which a is my absolute favorite of the whole series, Dead Rising 2. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Great. And um, so Inafuni-san came, uh, creator of Mega Man and other stuff like that, and they needed a theme suite for this Dead Rising 2. And President knew that I had a you know career in music as well, and he's like, can you write a suite together? And so I wrote a theme suite, Inafuni-san, and the Capcom Japan team loved it. And they were just like, okay, you're in charge of music from now on. And that's kind of when I, I became music director basically for for uh capcom vancouver from there wow. thereafter and yeah, yeah. um yeah Not scary though well it was I, I mean i it was a lot of fun for me because i love like all kinds of music and and yeah. being being in, in charge of it it allowed and that that particular franchise and ip is all over the place musically right and mm -hmm. so that to me was a lot of fun too it wasn't just one it wasn't monolithic. It was kind of a uh, potpourri of different styles and different genres. And, you know, obviously there's, it was comedic and, uh, you know, it was a zombie action um, game, survival game. But at the end of the day, it was just an excuse to like work with musicians that I love that I've never worked with before, work with people all over the world, record in different places, try different, you know, styles of music. I got to sing and do, I mean, we did everything from like Barry White style stuff where i sang as very or edith piaf i got to even do stuff in french where i i literally <laughs> sang as edith piaf and produced the whole tracks and so that kind of stuff was a lot of fun yeah and then back in uh where was it in two about six years ago um i was wanting to leave capcom and kind of do my own thing because after a decade of working on like an ip you kind of get it you want to try different things yeah um so I pitched, I had a friend who I used, or a colleague who was a producer at uh, Capcom that moved on to Gorilla. And I just reached out to him one day and said, hey, you know, if you guys, I, I played Horizon Zero Dawn with my son. It's oh. a beautiful game. If you guys are ever working on something, I'd love to, you know, let me know. And a couple months went by and then he just reached out and said, hey, they're actually looking for another composer for a sequel. And long story short, pitched for it and got accepted and yeah. worked on that. That's four years. Slightly yeah. mad. Yeah. It's funny you were saying about the, you did um, film and TV because um, my brother he actually lives in LA and he's worked he's working on film and TV and he's worked on kind of big things like um, Waterworld. Nice. Um, if, oh no, sorry, not Waterworld. Westworld. Mm. Westworld. Um, I've I've never. Really I was seen thinking it. Kevin Costner, but like, yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. No, he, he, Westworld. He's working on the new HBO Joker. Uh, not nice. Joker, uh, one of the Penguin with Colin Farrell. Hmm. Um, and he's worked on loads of other stuff and he's done film, uh, loads of music videos for like U2 and Irish bands like Ash. And yeah, so he's, you know, busy. That's uh, great. He's worked on Star Trek as well. Well, he worked on three seasons of Picard. Is he, a, is he a VFX or what, what's his domain? No, he's a DP. Oh, nice. 
yeah, a DP and a cameraman. So, mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, My brother's a big photographer as well. Uh, he was in New York before in Toronto now, but he he does a lot of portrait work with different people from around the world, like yeah, and stuff. So it's fun. So, question. Obviously, I know you've done loads of stuff, but the big thing that everybody kind of knows you for at the moment is definitely Horizon. Um, yeah. I know when you said you got that call, and you got kind of accepted and stuff. Did it kind of slightly blow your mind because the IP is huge? Yeah, I mean, uh, it was first off, it was I genuinely wanted to work on it because mm. um, it, it's a great game. <laughs> well, it's a great game, but it's a beautiful game. And, yeah. and that was what really interested me, to be honest with you, because, like I said, I worked on zombie games for 10 years and um, <clears throat> it was great. It was a wonderful time. But, you know, I wanted to try a different palette and try a different mm. world. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, when you get the call, I think that was probably the most exciting thing because I was like, I had written a bunch of stuff um, on my own uh, mm. musically that was more, you know, uh, more beautiful shall we say yeah. and not so edgy and heavy and stuff and so for me that was probably the most exciting thing was just like yeah. kind of, i got to breathe i was like oh, i get to like actually make some stuff that's like <laughs> yeah. you know i'm excited about writing and stuff so it's funny because i'm actually playing through the dlc at the moment and i'm constantly having to stop it take photographs you know post them online and just be sat there going wow that's gorgeous it's it done really it. is it's I mean, it's something else. It is just incredible. Well, it's kind of that's the thing that is very inspiring, right? Like, I mean, because it's an amalgamation of amazing tech, right? Mm. The, the fact that they're able to on these next gen consoles and even the, the last gen consoles to get what they were able to do, yeah, what they're able to do, is pretty amazing. But also, like, just as people experiencing games, like these these worlds. They, they conjure these ama amazing worlds that you get to like dive in and immerse yourself in, but it's like, it's inspiring to see beautiful things. Right. And to me yeah. as a composer, that's, that was probably one of the highlights definitely for the last mm -hmm. four years. There was just like, you know, you, sure you have narrative arcs and you have different mm -hmm. bosses that you engage with and different like challenges and stuff. But just the fact that you get to touch and interact with beauty, um, kind of from milestone to milestone is pretty pretty awesome you know yeah and how did you um find recording for horizon in comparison to the kind of stuff you've done in the past was it so different you know because of obviously the big the bigger budget you know the kind of expectations um that's a good question um i think the difference was in the past like say undead rising there's all different kinds of genres, right? So your your mm. touch points kind of you 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 work on them for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, but then you move on to something else. Yeah. Whereas this was kind of like you're living in a world, a sonic world for four years, and um, so the recording was kind of like a, a progression. Like so, I got to know. I worked with musicians that I normally work with. Uh, my mm. brother-in-law, my brother-in-law is the um, principal cellist of the Quebec symphony and we've worked together for the last 20 years on stuff. And so he got to know the IP through the music, um, which is also very interesting because we've worked on all kinds of stuff and he's not a gamer, but like, he's like, Oh yeah. What's Aloy up to now? Right. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. because we're, I'm writing these things and he didn't necessarily, he didn't have a chance to see the the builds or yeah. necessarily. So I'm, um, trying to describe the context yeah. okay this is the context this is the emotion this is what we're doing it's, 
but he's never interacted with Aloy. Yeah. He doesn't know any of the story from a like a granular perspective. But yeah, as yeah, a musician, yeah. as a musician interpreting the emotion and the conduit yeah. of you know of those emotions, it was it was it was fun. It was kind of a cool yeah. process. Yeah. It's really funny you say that because um, my partner is not a gamer whatsoever. You know, yeah. um, and before Christmas, I showed him a, uh, a brief video of the The Last of Us, and I said, yeah. you know, when this comes out, we're watching this. Watch the trailer. You know, and obviously I've played both both games. I know what happens. You know, I, I see the key points. Um, and it was really interesting. He was like, yeah, I'll watch that. So watch the first episode, which was like 90 minutes long, whatever. Um, and he was hooked. So he was well in. So I'm watching him every week and I'm thinking, I know what's coming. You know, <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God. And um, he said something to me recently, uh, a few weeks ago. He said, um, I said are all games like that? You know that tell us such a good story, and I was like, "Well, some of them are, yeah, it's quite a lot." Yeah. Of them. Um, and recently, I've, I've seen and noticed that he sits on the sofa next to me when I'm gaming, and um, he watches, and mm. yeah, I can see him. He's pretending he's not, but I can see him. And then I was watching; I was playing Horizon yesterday, and he was sat there watching, and it was a big long um, cutscene, and he was watching and kind of speaking about it, and I was like, "Oh, I see." <laughs> he's never going to be a gamer but it's just it's nice to see the, the, the interest it's funny if he because I've been doing this for so long and he knows I'm quite passionate about video game music I play a lot in the house and mm. he again as I said isn't a gamer but he really seems to enjoy the music because he knows the kind of stuff that I like and he'll put, put yeah. on and he'll be like oh it's okay and leaves it on in the background sort of thing so <laughs> it's interesting that you talk about that because I think people there's different touch points mm. with IPs, but also games. Like I'm not a huge gamer myself. I actually mm -hmm. find it overwhelming sometimes when mm -hmm. I watch my kids play or I watch other people play. Mm -hmm. And even when I write stuff for different games, I will spend time analyzing people's reactions and like mm -hmm. really kind of like um, their interactions with games are different than mine, but I mm -hmm. doesn't mean that my interactions aren't meaningful, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, it, it's Aloy, what's important to you, yeah, right. And the, even like the character of Aloy and her journey and what she goes through and what she mm -hmm. does, like there's a lot of things that resonate with me, even though I myself have not played hundreds of hours of mm -hmm. uh, Horizon. But I, you get to, well, right? You're, yeah, I know you, have, right? But I get to know the characters, I get to know the the yeah. world, the lore, and I mean, it's a part of you, right? Like besides mm -hmm. like old school like we used to have those old school walkmen that you would carry around with you and you would that uh -huh. became the sound right that became the soundtrack of your life right yeah, whatever yeah, you yeah. were listening to i kind of feel like the music for games now in some ways not always but because you're spending 50 to 100 to 150 hours on a game yeah. it's you know that becomes a part of your life and then it, on top of that if you add it to your playlist and you listen mm -hmm. while you're working out or you're going for a walk and stuff so I I take what we do writing for games quite seriously that way, yeah. knowing that it's not throwaway work, that it's like it's something no. that most most likely will not throw away, but it's not like um, there you has just to walk be, away and don't think about it. Yeah, because there has to be depth because people will carry these things with them for mm -hmm. a long time. So yeah. if you write something that doesn't have depth to it, then their ability to go back and be fed by that when they're having a bad day or when they're having a good day um is limited because you know 
there's not enough range, emotional yeah. range for them to draw on and stuff. Yeah. So and I, mean, I find games are awesome that way because yeah. there's a lot more interaction between the, mm -hmm. the material you create and the people that get to enjoy it, you know? Mm. I, I, it's funny you should say that, you know, I, I definitely agree with you because games for me can be really, really um, emotional. Um, like one of my favorite games of all time is Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Absolutely mm. stunning score by Jessica. But yeah. the game, there was Jessica, she sent me the score a few weeks before it was released. Mm. And then there was two pieces on it that made me cry. And in mm. the game itself, there is two points that made me cry mm. withstanding the end. Um, and it was the pieces of music that belonged to those two, two scenes. Mm. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever played it, but it's really kind of just jumble of a game because you hear things in the beginning that are actually for the end, mm. you know, and there's there's always one piece that will stick with me, and it's not a spoiler because it's right at the very beginning. Um, you walk up to a church and you can hear a, a the priest speaking, mm. and he's talking to himself, but he's actually talking to God, and he's mm. saying, you know, why have you done this? You know, he's questioning his own faith. And he's mm. sat and he's crying and he's he's really upset and he's you know questioning his own faith, and I can hear the voice in my head now and it's making you know the arm the hairs of my Chills. arm yeah. yeah it gives me chill absolutely it's just absolutely superb you know there are other games you know um, I've sat and finished and just sobbed at the end mm. you know um, I mean everyone's gone to the rapture was one of them but no other games that I've played partly and kind of. Yeah, really enjoyed the score. And every time, like, everyone's gone to the rapture. That was my most played album for six years straight. Hmm. On I remember reaching. I remember. I remember reaching out to Jessica when that album came out and just told her how yeah. beautiful it was. I, I think it and was. I, sorry, I think it was one of the first vinyls that I've bought as well. Because hmm. that's one thing I am an avid collector of is um, video game vinyls. Uh, nice. Don't start. It's a super expensive <laughs> hobby right. and stressful. But, um, for example, I bought the soundtrack for on a tip because it wasn't actually announced. It was just given a code name. I bought mm. the soundtrack for Oxenfree mm. um, two years ago. Still not got it. <laughs> it's due sometime in the next six weeks, but nothing's been mentioned. Nothing's been announced. So just waiting. And I've got a list. Yeah. Do you have the Horizon Dawn, Zero Dawn final? Mm-hmm. And I've pre-ordered the Forbidden West. Nice. Mm -hmm. nice. <laughs> I think that's actually the most expensive one I've purchased. You will love it. Um, yeah. A friend of mine, David Travers Smith, mastered it all and did the vinyl mm -hmm. prep for it. He said it's one of the best vinyls he's yeah. heard. So. I can't wait. And then, yeah. um, fingers crossed for Burning Shores. <laughs> I, yeah, I you're like nothing. I know nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> so the one thing that always makes me laugh in this industry um, is NDAs. It's like <laughs> kind of you know everybody knows you can't speak about, but everybody kind of knows what people are doing and what's kind of going sure. on. And it's like uh huh, uh huh. Wow. <laughs> it's like yeah. um, I it's remember going to um, the recording of Ari and the Will the Wisp with Gower. He invited mm. me down once um, back in 2019 and on the way back, it was an amazing day. It was like one of the best days of my life. You know, I'm never going to you know, 
it was just incredible. And um, on the way, to, we went to the pub afterwards. On the way to the pub, he was like, yeah, and I'm doing the music for the new Halo game. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, you know, I sat on Ari for like nine months a year, and then I had mm. to sit on that for another six months. It's just like, <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. it's funny. I've been in a position, because uh, I've worked in-house, obviously, too, yeah. not just an external person. And being on both sides, it's a complicated thing. And, and uh, yeah, it com compared to the film and TV world, it's a, it feels draconian. Often. Yeah. 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 But, but I've also been on the other side where it's like, I've seen whole campaigns of hundreds of millions of dollars, like just, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. compromised by, by stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's a challenging thing. It's funny. I'm at the p stage now, like last night we were out with our family and some friends yeah place and there was somebody there <clears throat> and my daughter was talking to some other people and somebody said something about horizon and like my daughter's face just lit up and she's like she's like what what do you what game do you say and she said right and the person said horizon like you know my dad worked did the music on horizon right and so it's like it's the first time where my kids actually are like my dad's cool versus the yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad <laughs> that is the one positive about the game industry that it still has some cachet right amongst yeah. the teens and what's not, I find nice about the games industry is, and everybody, particularly around video game music, everybody knows everybody, and everyone looks after each other, and you know, generally. Um, That's a small world. For it's sure. a tiny world. So you know, uh, I've seen people make mistakes, and you know, they get frozen out. Yeah. You know, um, but it happens. Sort of swing back onto horizon. How do you feel about seeing? As you mentioned about the box set, how do you feel about physically seeing that and having that in your hands as something that you've worked on? It's it's there in front of you, like. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great feeling to be honest with you. The um, it's funny. There's mixed emotions on some. Mm. Uh, when we were internal, say at Capcom, we'd often get like kind of once games would go to gold, you'd get like the team would get a plaque or something yes and, and sort of you're proud of it right it's hard if you worked on something for four years and then metacritic comes out and it's like not hitting what you want or it goes mm -hmm. above you're happy so you kind of learn how to ride the wave it's like you don't expect too much and if it comes great and, yeah. and stuff whereas the physical tangible products particularly soundtracks mm -hmm. um and it's kind of circles back to what I said before that of that it's something that is has a legacy that mm -hmm. people carry and they go back and listen to it. Yeah. Decoupled from necessarily like the hard part of actually making this mm -hmm. stuff, just as a purely like you enjoy it and you're proud of it. Um, yeah, I I I I feel proud, you know. I, I enjoy listening to it. And probably <laughs> the reason that I enjoy listening to it, um, later down the road when i have those physical things is because you you you're it's not that you have scales kind of fall off from mm -hmm. your eyes but you hear it in a different way you're not yeah. in the middle of production you're not mm -hmm. worried about what people think mm -hmm. you know a year or two later down the road you have people that are like hey i love this track yeah and you can just accept that somebody just likes it for some reason yeah but it's, it's, it's not based on it's not not a performance thing it's not like whether they it's just purely like you shared you shared something that you had in common yeah. you know it, and it's funny yeah I, I totally agree it's funny you should say that because the 
two pieces of music. I've been listening to the soundtracks for the last couple of days um, a lot. And the ones particularly by you, for me, are No Footfalls to Follow and then mm. Rusted Sands. Yep. I love those. Just because I like the way they sound. Simple mm. as that. You know, it, gorgeous. You know, I've been listening to those a lot. <laughs> nice. Well, and it was weird because I was actually playing the game this morning um, and I won't say where I was, but I was going to do, you know, X thing. And yeah. the whole thing, it doesn't play music all the time. Um, and then I was just kind of going from point X to point B, whatever, A to B. And suddenly this little piece of music started up. And I just had to stand there, like physically stand there in the game and just like kind of listen to it. I was like, that's gorgeous. Mm. <laughs> just a little vignette, you know? And I was like, that's really nice, you know? And to kind of mirror what you said, it's if a game isn't successful, you know, and people, people will still like the soundtrack for mm. whatever reason. It might have something really personal to them about it, you know? Yep. Um, they might really resonate with the story, you know, they might have gone through the same thing, whatever, you know, we all have our favorites, you know. Yeah. Which um, it kind of, which is, to be honest with you, which is, I'm always thinking when I'm writing that this is going to live in the game and it's, it's mm -hmm. it has its role within the context of the game and the gameplay experience and the kind of the cadence of the, the narrative arc. But I'm also yeah. very cognizant of like, this is going to live on its own as a soundtrack separate mm -hmm. from the game. Sure, it's tied to the IP, but it's a separate experience. It's people, oh, yeah. you know, and that's kind of where you're. You, you, that's to me is where I'm like, yeah, I got to make sure these are really solid arrangements and mixes because I know people are going to listen to this over and mm -hmm. over, and over, over and over, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, but it's like a good wine, right? Like if you if yeah. it's a great wine, you just want to have have it and you want to share it with your friends and you want to experience that relive that moment that you had the first time you heard it over and over again right so yeah um, totally yeah. you know having a game soundtrack as my you know for six years in a row as my favorite on spotify is that something you know because wow. if i was in a good mood i'd play it if i was in a bad mood i'd play it you know if i was stressed i'd play it it was just mm, brilliant it's like but last year we got pushed off the top by um, one album which is a mobile game mm. The soundtrack for a game called Merge Mansions. Okay, I'll have to check it out. It's stunning. Um, really, really beautiful. It's really kind of joyous in mm. a way. And it's really kind of like, it almost reminds me of The Sims if I played it, but I don't. Um, it's just really like, hey, this is great. You know? <laughs> and it's awesome. and it, you can You can hear the love that we went into making it. You know, and that's what I really enjoy is hearing that kind of the real kind of effort and the kind of love that went into that somebody did that put into that. You know, really enjoy that. Um, I do have another question for you. Yeah, um, <clears throat> what soundtracks have you heard? I know that you're not a massive gamer, but I know that you know everybody, you know, people work on, so you're going to hear things. What kind yeah. of soundtracks over the last kind of five, ten years that you've heard and you've gone, wow? Um, well, speaking of Ori, I, I thought what Gareth did on that was yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. Primarily the emotional hook. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, the production is great and stuff, but I I just like the fact that his writing cut through uh, mm -hmm. emotionally. 
Um, Sarah Shackner did some amazing stuff. I really like her. To be honest with you, I, I like a lot of the stuff that she does primarily just because she has her own unique voice, but she also is really solid at production. Mm -hmm. And um, I find that marriage of, of having a really strong artistic voice, but also having a really strong sonic signature as well is mm -hmm. really something that speaks to me. Um, yeah. Trying to think what other ones I'm usually more, um, um, trying to remember there was a couple from the witcher that Mikolai mm -hmm. Strinsky did that were really really solid um I've always enjoyed Austin's work Austin Wintry's uh, stuff as well um you mean the machine <laughs> Austin the machine <laughs> yeah well he actually I was in LA before uh back in November and he gave me a sneak peek of his, the musical game that they were working oh, on yes. and stuff um so that's it's that was a lot of fun to kind of just see what yeah. he's been up to um i'm trying to think i don't have lots of that stuff that kind of off the top of my head they're usually like one or two tracks from a particular yeah. uh, mm -hmm. soundtrack that really because most of my ability like i said i'm not a huge gamer so yeah. most of it is just if i'm perusing spotify playlists or other stuff yeah um, yeah so those would be kind of the standout ones at this point there's a couple mm -hmm. of um i'll send you some playlists actually that yeah please do please do mm -hmm. Um, I love doing those. Yeah. So, so, would be and in here's the big one, the final question. Um, so what's next that you can talk about? <laughs> uh, well, uh, on a Horizon theme, next week, or next, on the 17th of May, the Swedish Chamber Orchestra is going to be doing a world premiere of, um, we did an orchestral uh, new arrangement of Whatever Comes, the opening track for okay. the Horizon soundtrack. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, myself and Drew Dureka, um worked on that. He basically was one of the musicians that did a lot of work uh, that I recorded on uh, Horizon. So that's exciting. Um yeah, I mean, there's other projects, but I can't speak about them. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think what else I can say. Um, well, I'm starting work on a um, um, on a it's kind of seed work on a musical right now. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, um, I can't really say more than no. that, but that that's kind of more of I'm 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 trying to do trying to also focus more on some personal projects as mm -hmm. well more and then because games most of the time games take like three to four years to make yeah. and so you have this long run um with peaks and valleys and stuff and and one thing that is um it's really important to me in the next couple of years is to really really continue to express my my own artistic voice in terms of mm -hmm. not necessarily within a commercial setting but sometimes just on its own um, yeah so, yeah i'm gonna keep doing that um, i think the main thing for you is that you're busy <laughs> yeah i mean i'm grateful i i also uh, um a co-founder and run a company called interleave so we um we yes. have about 20 plus employees um and we work on film and tv and video games so we do audio and technical audio and music and all kinds of stuff so i'm able to touch a lot of different yeah, uh, yeah. games well, and IPs with that if you know anybody that needs a music consultant. Yeah, no, no. Well, we're always I on am, the lookout. I am published <laughs> and credited. 
Okay, good to know. Yeah, to know. <laughs> I worked on a game called Magnificent Truffle Picks. Okay. The music consultant. Um, nice. It was done by Andrew, um, who used to work for the Chinese Room. Okay. And he had a big hand in um, everything's gone to the Rapture and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Is that how you knew Jessica? Um, no, I met Jessica previously, and Jessica had been on the show. Um, mm. And then I met her a few times. Met her in uh, Game Music Connect when that used to be on. Um, she's hilarious. I love her. She's one of the funniest people in the world. Um, and then I went to Nottingham a few years ago to see the live version of Dear Esther. Mm, nice. And she walked past me and I was like, hi. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. So, and then saw her afterwards and stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I would say kind of the, the next thing is, you know, there's games we're working on. Um and I'm mostly music directing, kind of doing creative direction on those where we have other composers that we have that do mm -hmm. a lot of that. Um, but then me personally, yeah, there's a couple of projects coming up that I'm excited about. And uh, good. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> and we will. So I just wanted to say a huge thank you for uh, being guests on the show. Uh, we got there in the end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah. good luck for um, the Ivers, you know, Burning Shores next week. You know, you're, you're going to be very busy next week for the sounds of things. Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I appreciate I hope, it. No, I hope it goes really well. And again, just thank you. Appreciate it. You have a good one, Pete. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Take care.